Thank you, Father, for your intercessors who have laid their lives down to serve others in the spirit, even if they be in the spirit of Babylon, or the spirit of Canaan, or the spirit of Assyria. You have fed them the spirit of God and the spirit of glory. You have given them the spirit of grace without measure and the living waters of the Lamb's humility and virginity. You have given them life instead of death. You have given them peace instead of anxiety. You have given us love instead of fear. You have given us health instead of sickness and disease. You have given us Jesus slaughtered once and for all for our spirits, souls, and flesh to live in your quality of life, Heavenly Father, on earth as it is in heaven. Glory. I'm going to read to you out of Acts chapter 7. This is Stephen talking right before the Sanhedrin killed him. But I want you to listen to what he says. When God saw what they had done, he turned away from them and handed them over to the worship of the stars of heaven, as recorded in the prophetic writings. People of Israel, you failed to worship me when you offered animal sacrifices for 40 years in the wilderness. Instead, you worshiped the god Molech, and you carried his tabernacle, not mine. You worshiped the star god Rephon. You made idols with your hands and worshiped them instead of me. So now I will cast you into exile beyond Babylon. There's a lot going on here. But Molech was the Canaanite god of the sun and sky. Rephon, we often call him Remphon, which is his other name, or Durfin, is the Assyrian deity referred to as Saturn. So you have a religion of Molech, of star and sky, and then you have the star god Rephon, which is called Saturn, or Saturn's cube, which is the black box that you see all over the world. That's the counterfeit trinity. That's what Satan uses as a false Holy Spirit, a false God the Father, and a false Jesus Christ to deceive the whole world. It's Molech and Rephon. It's the same exact thing today as it was in Martyr Stephen's day. That's why they still murder the, the prophets, you know, through word abuse, through smear campaigns, through all kinds of lying, scheming, backbiting, gossip. All the same tactics of Satan and his angels back then are here today. The difference is we have 2,000 years of prophetic growth. There's been 2,000 years of carrying the torch of Pentecost through the ages. So that there's actually quite a bit more maturity here than in Stephen's day when Christianity was one day old, you know. Christianity is over 2,000 years old now. Christ came over 2,000 years ago so that we have wisdom, so that we have prophecy, so that we have understanding, so we have the power of God to destroy the things that have destroyed us. That's what it boils down to. Jesus Christ rebuked the Pharisees saying they didn't know the power of God or the scriptures. 
So I believe now we're beginning to demonstrate the power of God from the scriptures against the religious enemies that have counterfeited the things of the third heaven, the things of eternity. The Father and the Son are in the third heaven. Clearly, Scripture says that. They're in the high heavens. They're in Eden and they're in Zion. They're not in this universe. It's true. That's what the Bible says. Jesus Christ is seated at the right hand of God, transfigured in a celestial body of flesh. And His blood is now the river of life that's our salvation for our blood so that we don't have the star that fell from heaven working in our blood called wormwood. And anyone who drank the bitter waters died, Revelation says. So you have one-third that drink the bitter waters, and you have two-thirds that drink the sweet waters of the Lamb. There's a water war in the book of Revelation. You'll find the same water war in Judges chapter 5. Deborah's waters of Megiddo fought Sisera's waters. That's what it says in Judges chapter 5. And Deborah's stars fought Sisera's stars. So there's star wars and there's water wars in Judges chapter 5, clearly written in Scripture. And it's written several more times, reiterated, on a universal level in the book of Revelation. Judges prepares you for basically the universal Armageddon of the revelation of Jesus Christ. The, the revealing of Jesus Christ is what re revelation means. The unveiling of Jesus Christ is what revelation is. It's the manifestation of Christ in you because you fully realize the glory. The revealing of Jesus Christ is not ex external, but internal. The internal revealing by the sanctification of the washing of the water of the Word and the transfiguration of the renewing of the mind, Romans 12.2, it is written. Be transformed by the renewing of the brain. The word mind there in Greek is the brain. And speaking of the crystal of your skull, which is quartz crystal silica, your brain's actually made of crystals, and it's a conductor of the light of the sun, of the sky, or the light of the glory of God and the Lamb. That's why it says in Revelation, they shall no longer need the light of the sun and the moon, for the light of God and the Lamb shall be their light. So coming out of the curse of the fall is coming out of Molech, sky and sun god, and Remphan, which is Saturn, which is the false trinity of Satan and his angels, of having a, a universal Jesus Christ, Holy Spirit, and Father God, and coming into the kingdom of heaven's true glory of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit that's not a part of this creation, that's not cursed and fallen of the one-third that fell. That's not a counterfeit. It's not a type and shadow anymore. The deception of the ages is to still be in Molech and Refun, still be in sky and sun and, st and Saturn, the false trinity, Saturn's cube, instead of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Instead of the glory, we have an external Jesus that still worships the fallen angels. That's exactly what Stephen's dealing with here in the Sanhedrin, and that's why they murdered him. And that's why they still oppose the prophets to this very moment, because most religious people don't actually serve the living trinity, but the dead trinity. Most. Why? How will you know? You'll know them by their fruit. They'll be bitter, and they'll be prideful. 
the light of Cain will shine through their brain, and the light of Cain is pride. Pride of knowledge, pride of the knowledge of good, and pride of the knowledge of evil, of Satan's tree in the garden. Adam and Eve fell by eating the knowledge of what was good. They gave up the knowledge of the glory, which is walking by faith in the Spirit, walking in the true light of the glory of God, and went into the operations of the brain and began to move out of Saturn, the sky, and the sun in partnership with the fallen angels. That's called the curse of the fall, and it deceives almost every single soul on planet Earth to this day because you're born into the curse of the fall. That's why you must be born again. When you're born again in John chapter 3, you're born of the Spirit and the water of the third heaven. It actually says in John chapter 3, you're born of heaven. You've been born of earth under the curse of the fallen angels, Saturn, sun, and sky. Now be born in Zion, born again, as it is written in Psalms. They will say of these ones, they were born in Zion, they were born in heaven. Zion is the glory of the Father. Zion is the glory of the Lamb of God on the throne. Zion is all about the Shekinah of the burning brilliance that created the stars, that created Saturn, that created the sun, and that created the sky. So one system of religion serves creation in deception, but there are millions of buggers down here that know what they're doing, that know that they're actually forcing a religious system of paganism in the false covering of Christianity. It's called Freemasonry, or Daughters of the Eastern Star, that has deceived the whole world to serve the fallen angels in a false form of Christianity to this very moment. And that's what's falling. That's the principality of Cain, and it's all the principalities of the fallen angels wrapped up in one false trinity called Saturn's Cube. (laughs) The servants of Saturn instead of the servants of God the Father on the inside. So, it doesn't take a lot of people to reveal the the beast system, to reveal the works of the devil. It takes just a, a small number, just like every other revival there's ever been. It was just a couple people that pressed in further than what was comfortable in the status quo and revealed a deeper level of the spirit of truth and a deeper level of the glory of God the Father and the Lamb that revealed the power of heaven over the power of creation in the fallen angels. Because there's a celestial battle that rages in the heavens, as is written in Revelation. The archangel Michael threw down the red dragon, and he was defeated. And I saw Satan fall like lightning. Well, is Satan continued to fall? Yes, he is until there's no more sickness and disease in the world, until there's no more pornography on the internet, until there's no more crime on the streets, Satan will continue to fall out of all societies, starting in the USA. Revival begins in America. It's true. You're already seeing it. With Trump and his prophetic prayer team praying in the White House every single week, this ain't outer court Christianity. It's prophetic, alive, real Christianity taking place on a governmental level in America for years. And it's just going to continue to grow, and it's going to continue to get stronger, and the Christians will continue to take momentum and have more and more revelation knowledge of the glory to strengthen their spirit, to renew their mind, 
to even drink his blood and have his blood surging through their bones to remove death from their bones, as it's written in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God separates soul from spirit and it divides bone from marrow because in the marrow is the life of the bone. So if you remove death from the bones, you've overcome the curse of the fall. This thing is not just for your spirit. The Holy Spirit works in your spirit. God the Father works in your soul. Jesus Christ said, eat my flesh, drink my blood. Jesus Christ's flesh and blood is your flesh and your blood. That's why you need a trinity, because you're also a trinity, a spirit, a soul, and a body. The Father burns His soul right through your soul. You're healthy to the measure that God's soul is burning through your soul. Revelation 5, 6, I saw a lamb looking as though it had been having been slain, having seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out through all flesh, which is earth, and through all blood, which is earth. Amen. Meaning, God the Father slays your souls with himself. The reason why we have so many problems is because we're afraid to be slain with the Father, slain with the Spirit, and slain with the Lamb. But Jesus said, no one has life unless they die. I die daily, Paul said. <laughs> and Paul said in another place, I hope that you're buried into the death of his baptism. You have to die in order to live in his resurrection glory. Our problem is, is religion causes us to be afraid and cling to our own spirit, to our own soul, and to our own flesh, which is diabolical which is the serving of Saturn's cube and the star Remphon and the tabernacle of Molech and a false form of Christianity that isn't crucified with Christ. If you still live and haven't died with him, what form of Christianity are you practicing but the grave clothes? You're practicing an open grave. Jesus said to the Pharisees, they were an open grave, an open sepulcher in the King James. Why? because they weren't slain of their pride. They weren't slain of their works. They weren't slain of their self-righteousness. They weren't slain of the knowledge of good and evil in their brain. That's why he died at the place of the skull, to slay the self-righteousness of Satan's religion that has influenced the human mind to this very moment to be prideful against the mind of Christ. That's the war in the heavens. That's the star wars. That's the water wars. It's the humility of the Lamb fully slain to serve the Father. Dying to this world. Why did he, why did he die? He died to, be, to have no influence of the heavens and the earth. Jesus Christ died so that there would be zero fallen angel activity in his heart, in his mind, in his flesh. That's why he went to the cross. He took the sins of this world and then he buried them in hell so that anyone who dies with him would be free from all the lust of the eyes, lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. To be free from Saturn, the sun, and the sky. To be free from the red dragon, the beast, and the false prophet in Saturn's cube. And to be free from Satan's trinity. To be free from everything that's a counterfeit of true glory, kingdom, Christianity. To be free from self is to be free from the curse of the fall. And the only way you get free from self-promotion, self-protection, and selfishness of having your Christianity about me instead of your Christianity about thee and serving others more highly than yourself is by dying in your spirit first. 
You have to die in your spirit. Jesus Christ died spiritually. He died the deaths, it says in the King James. And he went and was buried in the lowest pit in Tartarus hell. And the bulls of Bashan gaped about him, the Bible says. But he had never sinned in his spirit. He had never sinned in his mind. He had never sinned. So Satan and his angels buried him illegally. So the Holy Spirit raised him the third day from the dead. So that anyone that calls upon the name of Jesus Christ can be free spiritually by his death, free mentally by his death, and free physically by his death. But only if you're dying with him, which means sacrificing your own spirit, your own mind, and your own flesh, can you be partakers in his resurrection life. Most of us have barely died with him. That's why our Christianity is still about what we know instead of about how much we glow. It's all about the glory of God. 2 Corinthians 3, says, 3.18 says, We go from one degree of glory to another degree of glory by the Spirit of the Lord. We go from glory to glory. It's the resurrection glory. How do we go from glory to glory? By dying. By dying to our pride. It's layer upon layer of the onion. It's not a one-time deal. Otherwise, it'd be like, whoa, I'm totally transfigured and I'll never die. But almost every Christian that's ever lived has died mentally and died physically, even though their spirit was regenerated. We didn't die in our pride, in our mind, and in, in the flesh enough to live an eternal life on earth. Moses was so dead spiritually, mentally, and physically by the glory of Jesus burning through him that at 120 the Bible says in Deuteronomy, there was not a single wrinkle on his face and that God himself had to kill him, otherwise he would have lived forever. That's an old covenant glory. Now a new covenant glory that we're about to step into as a generation because we're predestined for ordained in this generation to conquer death. Paul says the last curse to be swallowed up is death. What is death? It's our pride. Death is the knowledge of of good. It's not the knowledge of evil that killed Adam and Eve. It's the knowledge of good. It's good Christian knowledge that's still in the brain and not in the spirit. Overcoming death is building up your heart, your spirit, to pull your whole brain into the glory within your spirit. The flesh counts for nothing, John chapter 6, but how many of us don't attribute our brain matter as the flesh that Jesus Christ is talking about in John chapter 6? Now, flesh is just neutral, but flesh is the influence of the fallen angels because they work through Saturn, as we just read in, in Acts 7.43. They work through the sun and they work through the sky. They're called fallen angels. Jesus Christ talked about them continuously. The birds of the air come and they eat the seed out of your spirit. So you're dealing with it continuously whether you like it or not. And a lot of people are losing and perishing for lack of knowledge. You begin winning when you understand the weapons of your warfare are not carnal but mighty through God to the pulling down of these strongholds. The demolishing of arguments and every unclean thing that sets itself up against Christ and the knowledge of the glory. You demolish this stuff by having revelation, building your spirit up to wrap your brain. That's what it means to put on the armor of light and put on the full armor of God. You have to. Otherwise, you cannot stand and religion will take you out by ministering the knowledge of good into your brain. 
That's how most Christians get killed, is by trying to be good people. It's not rebellion that kills you. It's pride. It's Cain's pride. Cain was the first religious person and brought sacrifice right next to Abel. Cain brought sacrifice out of his soul. It was a selfish, look at me and what I've done sacrifice. Abel's sacrifice from the heart. Abel's sacrifice was acceptable to God. Cain's was an abomination. And Peter says that Cain was the son of Satan. He was of the child of the evil one. He's a son of the devil. He was the first full-blown offspring by being a religious person that he was fathered by Satan himself. That's what it says in Peter, that he was of his father, the devil. What did he do wrong? He just tried to bring sacrifice. He brought it out of his brain to look good in front of others, and it was a selfish sacrifice, whereas Abel's was a selfless. It was all about the lamb that was slain. It's all about the angels understanding the difference between the sacrifice of Jesus for others and the selfishness of Satan stealing one-third of the angels. This thing has been a theater for the angels and the Father proving to the angels that they're wrong for 6,000 years. And He chose to do it through the humility of man and woman. That is the culmination of the ages. That man and woman partnered with Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, and God the Father will overcome all the religion that's in the world and display openly to the angels and to the nations the superiority of humility over pride. It's all about the springs of humility conquering the bitterness of pride, the selfishness of pride, the selfishness of Cain. That is the culmination of the... That's what Armageddon is. Armageddon is the outflowing power of the Lamb's springs. The word Armageddon is first mentioned in Judges 5, not Revelation. The waters of Megiddo. There were Deborah's waters, the sweet waters, that were fighting Sisera's waters, the bitter waters. The sweet waters fought the bitter waters. It's the same exact story in Revelation on a universal level of all nations right now at the culmination of the ages. It's the sweet waters of the Lamb versus the bitter waters of pride and selfishness. The bitter waters are are because of a person living out of self and not being crucified with Christ. It's religion is what bitter water is. Cain's light is a mark on the forehead, and the Bible actually says in Genesis that if anyone touches Cain, they'll be recompensed sevenfold, which seems like such a weird thing since he just killed his brother. Shouldn't God kill Cain? But that's not God the Father's plan. God the Father's plan was to allow the seed line of Cain to persecute the seed line of the woman for 6,000 years. That's why the high priest's garment was sixfold thicker than all the other priest's garment because it's the culmination of the thickness of the retribution of the wrath of the Lamb poured out in humility upon pride on the seventh day. And all the 6,000 years that we've been robbed by Cain and by Wormwood and by the fallen angels and by Saturn and by the sun and by all the false religion of selfishness in the world, it will be a wrath of humility against that pride that will pay back the Holy people of the Most High God sevenfold in this generation, now the seventh day. For a day is as a thousand years. What day is it? It's been three days. It's the third day since Jesus Christ. For a day is as a thousand years. He said on the third day I'm going to raise them up. Today is the day 
1,000 years, the millennium reign of Christ. We're in the year 2019, so we're 19 years into the third day. You know what time it is, sons of Issachar. You're in the third day. You're in the seventh day since Adam, where we get to rest from our labors, when we get the recompense of the 6,000 years of being robbed by the light of Cain and by the star Wormwood through the blood through the bloodstream. Wormwood works through the blood. Cain works through the brain. They're two different systems of the heavens and the earth. That's why it talks about two different stars. One fell to earth and one works in the heavens. It's true. You read about in Revelation. This isn't that mystical stuff. It might sound mystical, but it's all written in the Word. There's the star of the heaven, Saturn. It's called the star. Remphon is a, the star god Saturn. And there's a star that fell to earth. Wormwood and Saturn, bitterness and pride, and they work through man's brains, the crystal in the brain, they corrupt the brain into a dark crystal, into a selfish, self-centered, religious crystal that makes their entire life about me instead of the lamb that's been slain in false Christianity. And then there's the wormwood bitter waters that corrupt the blood, because you know the blood speaks. If Jesus' Jesus's blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel, what word is your blood speaking? Is your blood crying out for vengeance? Is your blood crying out in bitterness? Or is your blood crying out in forgiveness for the Lamb has been slain once and for all? All blood speaks a record of the faith that your mind currently believes in right now. Your blood speaking right now. Your blood singing, your DNA singing, your DNA's is speaking words right now. There's stuff coming off of you, energies coming off of you right now that's influencing all flesh, all blood, all brain matter, all rocks, all waters. The rocks will cry out. We don't want the rocks to cry out. We don't want the blood to speak anything except the blood of Jesus. We want the rocks to sing praise. We want the clouds to sing praise. We want the stars to sing praise. We want the waters to be sweet. We want the earth to rejoice. We want all creation to rejoice in the manifestation of the sons of God that are removing all the influence of Satan and his angels from the heavens and the earth today. That's what we want. We want peace. This is the level of revelation it takes to be Matthew chapter 5. Peacemakers, sons of God. And it's really simple, kinder garden stuff. It's not like this super advanced doctorate stuff. It's actually just a sacrifice and an understanding. It's dying the deaths with Jesus, dying spiritually, mentally, and physically to live in His Holy Spirit, to live in His Father's soul, and to live in His flesh and blood, dying the deaths with Jesus. That It's just all sacrifice. And then it's the simplicity Jesus Christ spoke at a 7th grade level education in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. This is not doctorate level divinity stuff. This is just masters of the universe, masters of time level revelation because of the sacrifice of self, laying our lives down on the altar and counting our lives as nothing for the sake of knowing Christ. And so many of us are not willing to sacrifice anything and cling and retain because we're afraid. I'm telling you, the time of being afraid is over. When perfect love comes, it drives out all fears. There's no punishment except for the fallen angels. The problem is, is most people's souls are entwined with the fallen angels and they don't even know it. They're perishing for lack of revelation knowledge. So we have to wake them up by the seven thunders. We have to wake them up by the eternal gospel of the eagles soaring through the mid-heavens. 
Amen. Which is cleansing their brains, cleansing their stars, cleansing everything they connect to in the universe. Most people are connected to Saturn and the sun, and they don't even know it. They just live under the curse like animals, and I'm just a homo sapien, sapien, sapien mammal down here. Eat, drink, and be merry, for tomorrow I die. You're an eternal spirit and soul. Every person is. And even, even if you don't believe it, you can feel it today because the waters are going to come so strong that every animal will feel it like the days of Noah. And the animals refer to the beast system of those that are locked in the natural dimension that have been marked by God as beasts. This ain't the mark of Satan. Revelation calls it the mark of God. It's, it's the mark of Cain. God marked Cain. God marks people beast, which means unrenewed in their carnal minds, with their minds still controlled by the natural elements, by the natural world, by Saturn and the sun, instead of by the Holy Spirit and the river of life. There's a people here that are so sanctified now that their entire brain is controlled by John 7:38, out of their belly flowing rivers of life, but of this he spoke of the Holy Ghost. Your whole brain can be controlled by the Holy Ghost. The problem is, is it costs you. It costs you your fear, your worry, your control, your panic, your anxiety. It costs you your religion. It costs you your self-righteousness. You can sum it up. It only costs you your pride. The hardest thing to give up because you become vulnerable and you will be attacked. People will attack you when you get into the glory of God because the glory of God wars against the mark of Cain. It wars against pride. What is the victory over pride? How do you have victory over the beast system, the carnal nature, false religion, Saturn's cube, all this mystical stuff we're talking about today? How do we boil it down and make it simple? We make it simple in the springs of the Lamb. Revelation 7:17. And the great shepherd shall lead them to the springs of the waters of life, and he shall wipe every tear from their eyes. He's going to wipe away the tear from the eyes of your spirit, the tear from the eyes of your soul, and the tear from the eyes of your flesh. Because the living waters have eyes in it. There's eyes within our eyes. The, the eye angels, the ophanim. There are, the Holy Spirit is eyes everywhere. The rivers of Holy Spirit eyes in your spirit, soul, and body. And it's going to wipe away the tears, which is the sadness and sorrow of being separated from God spiritually, mentally, and physically. Some people have God spiritually, but they're separated mentally and they're tormented in their minds. And they think all kinds of unclean thoughts all the time. Some people have a little renewing in their mind, but they're tormented physically. So it's not just spiritually, it's also mentally and physically. Because a lot of us have gotten to the place we know it's spiritual, but we don't understand that it's also for the soul and the mind and the flesh and the blood. The flesh and blood right now is almost the most important thing because we've been in the charismatic church for 50 years since Catherine Kuhlman and we're like, we got so much spiritual information. But we don't have that much revelation of how it pertains to the mind, the gate of the forehead, and the flesh and the blood, which is the realm of our inheritance. And that's why a lot of Christians are poor. A lot of Christians don't have any inheritance in the natural realm. They don't have Jacob's wealth. They don't have revelation of, of riches. Revelation chapter 5, the Bible says that all riches will be given to the Lamb. And the Lamb is Jesus coming to my heart. Why aren't they manifesting in your life? Because the Lamb hasn't been made your flesh and blood yet. God's releasing the favor of the Lamb so that wealth and riches can be transferred to your natural life. Otherwise, you'll be sad. 
He will wipe every tear from your flesh. It's true, not just your spirit. He'll wipe away the tears from your minds and your flesh also. No more hope deferred making the heart sick, only waiting until you die to have rewards in heaven. Jesus Christ said, if you follow me, you'll have a hundredfold rewards in this life and the one to come. That's what he said in the Bible. Rewards in this life. And you are in the time now where the prophets get the rewards in this life. There are people here that have suffered more than Jeremiah in the well. There's people here that have suffered in Babylon the Great more than Daniel in Babylon in the lion's den. There's people here in Babylon the Great that have suffered way worse than Daniel. And people don't even realize it because they're the ones who've been persecuting him by being connected to the beast system. And there is a vengeance upon the beast in the waters of humility. That's what our sevenfold vengeance is. It's not in death and doom and gloom because it's not religion. It's in humility. Humility is hell to pride. Humility torments the beast. Humility torments the red dragon. Humility torments the false prophet with frogs out of her Jezebelic mouth. It torments them. Virginity and humility are the two springs of Revelation 7.17. It actually says it in the Bible. The upper pool and the lower pool, the springs of the waters of life that the good shepherd leads his sheep to, to drink the living waters. You will know they are Christians by their humility of the lower pool and their virginity of the upper pool. It's the virginity of their souls with no pride in their souls. And it's the humility of the lower pool in their hearts with no pride in their hearts. No lust of the eyes, no lust of the flesh, no pride of life working them at all. How? By drinking the waters of life. It boils down to the main thing of Christianity, which is called the cup of the new covenant. John, in the Gospel of John, and in 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, and Revelation, offered no other formula to be saved except drinking the living waters of the river of life. Revelation 22, the very last thing Jesus Christ tells humanity before it's sealed in Revelation 22 is come to the fountain of life and drink. Nobody can be saved unless they drink the living waters of the Holy Spirit that are crystal clear and sparkling. And the Holy Spirit will lead you and guide you into all truth that the Father can become your new mind. You have to have the mind of Christ. Nobody with a carnal mind can ever know the Father, can ever have the mark of the Father. Revelation says they'll not just have the mark of Jesus on their forehead, the mind of Christ will have the mark of God the Father on their foreheads, it is written, which is the mind of God the Father, the wisdom of the ages, the ages, the ancient of days, the masters of time, the masters of the stars. The masters of planets and moons, the masters of the seas and the waters and the rocks and the clouds, the masters of all creation. That's the mark of the Father. So we're going deeper than the Lamb. We're going to become one with the Father. Amen. Because the Lamb leads you to the Father. The Holy Spirit leads you to Jesus. Jesus leads you to the Father. And it's all about becoming the sons of God the Father in the fullness of maturity in this process of growing up spiritually, having begun in the Spirit, never finishing in the flesh, but letting our spirit grow up and consume our flesh, and our flesh getting transfigured by the renewing of our mind, so that even our bone marrow has the Word of God in it. There's a level of purification and sanctification now coming to the Christians, where their bones will have death removed from it, and they'll begin moving through mountains like Enoch. Enoch 
walked with God and was not. Enoch represents the fullness of God the Father's available revelation. There, as your bones and your marrow begin to transform by everything I'm telling you today and by drinking the waters of humility, most importantly of all, to remove pride. No one with pride will ever taste of any of the glory realms. And these are some deep glory realms that we're bringing you into today. But by drinking the waters of humility, there will be mountains of doors that will open up for you in the gateways and the paths of Enoch. And many of you will begin transporting in the next 365 days. And you won't need passports. You'll begin moving like Elijah, mountaintop to mountaintop, portal to portal, room to room, door to door. Not just in the spirit, but also physically, as your bodies are transfigured by the love of Jesus Christ burning through your bones. In Jesus' name, partner with Red Letter Ministries. If this message blessed you, donate at redlettermen.com, and we'll see you tomorrow. Amen.